Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sano, joined, as always, by the Kit Kat to my Reese's. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? Oh, I'm feeling pretty good about that candy selection. Yeah, and our very own M&M's. All right. That's right. It's Eric Ronnebeck. Eric, how you feeling? Uh, great. Peanuts, plain, not one of the new flavors. No. Uh, peanut, peanut butter, top two, easy, and then uh, slot all the rest in behind that because they're not as good. Uh, uh, I appreciate that you chose that because I too find that Eric often melts in my mouth and not in my hands. Oh, nice. Uh, okay, so the <laughs> all right <laughs> the the um weird week for the Seahawks as a garbage time touchdown made the score look closer than it actually was. The Seahawks uh pretty pretty hand handled their business in in Miami. Defense played pretty decent, pretty good, much better than than they looked in the previous weeks. Although, you know, some of that's got to be Fitzpatrick. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, let's talk about a couple news stories. We got uh, Snacks Harrison and Michael Kendricks visiting the team today. So the, well, I mean, like Kevin, the run defense is already good. Do, do you, is Snacks Harrison just a, like a luxury rotational item that we can use to kind of keep guys fresh or, or is it someone that we still need to get? Uh, I still think it's a pretty quality upgrade. I do think our run defense has been doing pretty good, but Snacks does offer some upside um, as a as a productive interior pass rusher. Just he's he's a run first guy. It's not that he can't collapse the pocket. The other thing is that I think he offers a lot of upside in that three down lineman look we've been doing a lot of. Yeah, do you think that he'll be dropping into coverage like Jaron Reed does in that look? Uh, I might commit seppuku if that happens. You might commit Sudoku. Is that- <laughs> That's exactly it. Uh, yeah, Damon Harrison has only had more than 20 pressures in a season one time. He is a, an, like I would say, a bang average pass rusher and, a, and then an excellent, amazing run defender. But the thing I think it is does is it, it loosens up Jaron Reed and Puna Ford to just focus on pass rushing, right? They now become pass rush specialists. Uh, Damon Harrison s- soaks up all those early down snaps where he just becomes the the you know the stop machine that he has been for years i mean 51 stops in 2008 44 stops in 2017 55 in 2016 and 50 in 2015 an insane number of run stops for uh, interior defensive lineman he is a absolute animal in the run game and would just free up those guys to kind of just do different jobs and and i think that that would be huge it's um one uh, fun thing is that he said he has meetings this week also with green bay and chicago I predict he does not leave Seattle without a contract and that that uh, they make sure to get that get that done before uh, he leaves. Also, me and Damon Harrison Sr., same height, uh, but obviously very different weight and musculature. <laughs> Eric, Perhaps. what do you about Michael Kendricks has uh, been rumored to come back? Do you do you th- do you see that as a, a good depth signing with all the injuries we have in the linebacking core? Or do you want would you rather Michael Kendricks uh, stay in white collar jail? Just save Michael Kendricks for me. Uh, I. Here's the thing. We have some linebacker injuries. Uh, he knows our system. It's probably a fine signing, but I I, I don't know if we're going to misuse him like we did last year. I don't. I feel like he could be better than he was. He's a year older though, and I don't have really good memories of Michael uh, Kendrick. So I'm 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 cautiously meh about it. I like I like the idea of uh, Michael Kendricks more than the reality of Michael Kendricks because like he's a good he's good at rushing the passer and we have been blitzing a lot more trying to get creative to create some pass rush uh and then the 
the thing for me is that he's a good blitzer, but he's not good in coverage, and it's no, scary. And that's what we used to um, do. We used to just drop him back in coverage, and it would cost us. Uh, we don't need Cody Barton, like old man Cody Barton, back there in coverage, um, which is Kendrick. Well, that's why. To me, the question is: Is he coming in to take the uh, to help handle the snap load for Shaquem Griffin and the dearly departed Bruce Irvin, or is he coming in to play like coverage line? I think I think he's backup. I think he's insurance. I'm my prediction would be he goes straight onto the veteran practice squad with Demarius Randall. There are two veterans we protect every week, and he's like insurance for if Cody Barton can't get his stuff together. And we need for like those 20 snaps a game. We play with three linebackers right now. I think that's likely what you said, Nathan, and then Kevin, you know, helping ease in the snaps for the younger players. It makes sense. Yeah. So it's like, it's like, Hey, those 20 Cody Barton snaps, if he can't get his stuff together, you know, hit the, hit the bench, buddy, just play special teams. Here comes uh, Kendricks for 20 snaps a game. And I want Cody Barton to get it together, but last game was not a good, uh, outing for him just a tough day in gen in general i think that that might be why kendrick's is coming because brooks's injury if it's more serious than they expected they need a plan to to for those you know either to back up bobby and kj or just to have those those few three linebacker looks that we use every game now um, man ben Burkirvin in shambles ben Burkirvin is in shambles because he does not <laughs> he does he does not appear on the field during actual defense i think he no. is a he is as pure a special teamer as there is on this team. And I mean, he was always kind of a tweener because of his size, right? He's just small and it's, it was always going to be hard for him to find his way onto like a regular playing NFL football team. Cause he's between two roles, right? Yeah. He's, he's not quite Ben Bermera goes now, not quite <laughs> fast, not quite fast enough to be like a real safety and not quite big enough to be a real linebacker. He kind of got tweenered and um, it's too bad. Cause he's a good athlete, a really good athlete. But I mean, if he's, a plus special teamer for four or five years here and then signs a $3 million contract to be someone else's special teams ace. Uh, and we get a sixth round pick of it. I think that's a great career arc for Ben Burkirvin. Yeah. <laughs> you know and then I, I look mean? forward to him coming back as a linebacker coach or a special teams guy. He really is like taking the Marigos route. <laughs> Marigos. What a, what a legend Marigos was. And what was the other guy we had from Isaiah Kazavinsky. <laughs> I love uh, yeah. guy. Kazavinsky. Uh, and we and had- then Alex Bannister before that. Yeah, so just a fun, fun all around. Uh, Ricardo Lockett. Ricardo Lockett for sure. Uh, yeah, we've had a we've had a good string of like plus special teamers. Now we got Ugo, the Ugod. Although he's he's a real defensive player now, so we can't count him. So now it's who's it's our, dude. It's been easy, easy. It's oh, yeah, been Nico there for a while now. Special team ace. All right, so let's um let's keep it let's keep it rolling. Uh, we got the two guys coming in. Uh, Romeo Cornell takes over for Pete to uh, takes As over this guy, oldest coach. Yeah, so sixty-nine-year-old Pete, not old enough anymore. Got to age up. Romeo Cornell, legend, legend himself. Seventy-three. Um, <laughs> wow! Yeah. Yikes! His career feels every minute of it. Yeah, he's he is. I think that he might get that team back to like eight and eight. And that's competitive in that division if the Col- or to for a playoff spot in the AFC because the AFC is garbage outside of like three teams. Um, I really do not like think think much of the AFC. Uh, the, Ch- the Chiefs are good, obviously, but yep. like the Dallas, Pittsburgh, all right. and then question mark Dallas or sorry, uh, uh, Baltimore, Pittsburgh. Yeah, sorry. Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cleveland is three and one. That's not so the that's a Buffalo is four. 
Buffalo is undefeated. You big guys, big step Buffalo stands. I mean, I did pick them to win the division. Well, it's kind of weird. This is the year that people are going to say, well, it was weird because of COVID, but also teams are going down and other teams are coming up. It's easy for teams to sneak up on other teams right now. All right, let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and hit some Twitter questions before we get to our game breakdown. Why doesn't Pete take the reins of the defense here on out? So let's talk a little defense. Why is he? Okay, they when they rush two, everyone wants to talk about this rush two drop nine. <laughs> don't have a spy. Brian Fitzpatrick runs up the middle for ten yards, and uh, I don't. Yeah, as a person who's a coach a little bit, I don't get it. But <laughs> it's not what I would have done. But to be honest. Uh, it, it, I don't know. The defense is all the kind of respect. The defense is an, an enigmatic this year. I mean, that's the word I'm going to use to describe it. Uh, it's an enigmatic because, like, I don't know week to week what we're going to get um, from any individual guy. Like, let's use Shaquille Griffin as an example this week. Shaquille Griffin targeted six times, gave up zero receptions, two pass breakups, an interception, looked every bit as good as he's ever looked in the uniform last week covered a bunch of different guys too you know so that's great cool uh benson mayoa struggled to get his pass rush going in the early weeks this week in his least amount of snaps this season only 34 pass rush snaps got his most pressures with five and looked every bit the situational pass rusher i think kevin expected him to be okay and we did say that cutting his cutting his snaps actually might help him. So this is not something that we didn't see coming, but still. Well, let's enig- talk about that real quick. Enigmatic. <laughs> like he this defense. 63 snaps through the first three games. He had over 70 snaps in game one. They dropped it to 52 snaps in game three, and he had three pressures, which was his most up to that point. They dropped it to 46 snaps last week, and he had five pressures, which is his most on the season. I think that's a pretty clear admission they messed up. Yeah, they. I think that that Ben Tamela is a is a role player, right? He's a situational pass for, pass rusher. He likes to be standing up. So we have th- that's another thing that we need. We changed a little bit about the defense, right? The defensive lo- the defense looks a little different. You know, we're not always playing four down linemen. Sometimes there's three down linemen. Jaron Reed might be playing end a little bit, right? And it's Puna Ford is on the nose. Mo- Monet is on the nose. Like we do, we're doing all these different looks. With the front, we're shuffling our front. There's here's the only thing I don't like about it. Okay, is from my perspective, they do stupid stuff. Like, okay, drop Jaron Reed into coverage. They did it three <laughs> times in this game. Up. Okay, they did three times. They dropped Jaron Reed into coverage. Okay, the only person that you're hurting when you drop Jaron Reed into coverage is yourself. Because to be honest with you, he's not going to do anything in coverage. So, so what? What is the point of that? Like, the only point is that you think you think because you're Ken Norton and you are thinking that, oh yeah, we're going to trick them. You know, the, the pass rush, they'll think Jaron's coming and then it'll come from a different direction and we'll get them. No, that's not what happens. What happens is Jaron Reed's now in coverage and everyone's blocked. And now we have like a 300 and how much does Jaron Reed weigh? 330 pounds. Yeah. Yes. We have a, th- we have a 300 plus pound guy trying to run, run with tight ends and stuff. It's like, this is a bad idea or, or covering short hooks. Also a bad idea. Like I love Jaron Reed. That is a, that is a misappropriation of, of a player. And, KJ is a good example of this. KJ had a really good game, except at the very beginning of the game, they hung him out to dry like two plays in a row by having him single coverage on Devontae Parker. That is so stupid. And like you hang guys out to dry like that, what do you expect to happen? You know what I mean? Real quick, the just rest of the game. Home understand. Uh KJ, KJ Wright 
is is a, is an older linebacker, and Devontae Parker is. Like one Devontae of the fast, Parker, one of the fastest wide receivers in the NFL. Cool man, let's put him this on a guy a with the quicks. Idea. And then the thing is, is that other than those two plays, KJ's awesome in this game. Three pass breakups, all of them really good. Yeah. Uh, three run stops, like I because I watched KJ back because I remembered those plays at the beginning of the game, and I was like, man, was this another tough KJ Wright day? And then I watched the game, and I was like, no. Other after that, he was amazing. He was so good, but we need to stop scheming guys into situations where they fail. KJ Wright on a wide receiver, Jaron Reed dropping back into coverage, like play these guys to their strength. Stop trying to jam a square peg into a round hole. Exactly. Like it's just, it's so <laughs> that's, frustrating. That's exactly what our defense is doing. The square peg into the round hole. Uh, remember when we used to be super predictable, I'd like us to go back to that predictable defense where we're just putting guys out there who can actually cover. As for dropping back any defensive lineman, it is trickery. It doesn't make sense because they can't even cover a running back. There's a lot of uh, narrative of I'm done with Norton. I'm done with Norton. I always just kind of sit back and let you guys discuss that. And we go over the DVOA numbers. I'm getting to a point where I'm just like, I'm with the person who asked the question. Like, can Pete just take over at this point? That I'm with, I'm with it too because to be honest with you, I look at the talent level of this defense and it doesn't seem deficient to me. Yep, it seems like it could it seems like it could be a good defense, um, but these guys are put in positions to fail. There's one guy who was not put in a position to fail and just failed themselves, and I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and throw it throw it out there. Trey Flowers, another um, bad week. Trey Flowers might be uh, cooked. He might be like a permanent backup from this point forward because. Uh, I just can't see how his development's going the wrong direction. No, uh, his first season was his best season, and it's going the wrong way. Usually, players get faster, and he's he seems to be getting slower, not as quick. Makes I bad think what reads. it is, I think there's a there's a pretty simple thing. I think the tape got out there on what his weakness is, and so they understood like, okay, if we get him going like sideways or diagonal on a quicker guy, he just can't cover. Like, if we send a big dude on deep routes, he's going to be all over him. But if we get anybody quick going across the field, then Flowers is cooked. And so I feel like what happened is he tried to make adjustments in his game to be able to handle that. But the adjustment is he's playing so far off. And unlike Quentin Dunbar and unlike Shaquille Griffin, he just doesn't have the quicks to make up the cushion he's giving. So he's not using his size and physicality but then he doesn't have any quickness to make up for it. Right. And he's not giving up long passes, but it's just like a, if you want to move the chains, figure out where Trey flowers is and then go, go right after it. Other <laughs> Trey than flowers that, turns everyone into the saints offense. He even got an interception in this game and he still was our lowest rated defender. I think that says kind of everything you need to know about the Trey flowers experience there. Flowers. Yeah. Flowers got an interception. The Durham Smythe, the when they threw it to Durham Smythe. It says he has an intercept. Oh, it, maybe he was someone else got the interception, but he was the defender on that yes. play. Yes, that was, um, yeah, so. I was going to say. Yep. So other than the burial of, of Trey Flowers, is there anything else from the defense that you you guys noticed, Kevin? Uh, Yeah, just a couple other things. I want to kind of piggyback on something you said. We're talking about Norton, and we're talking about whether it should be handed over to Pete. I think... The fact of the matter is, for the entirety that it's been um, Pete Carroll's Seattle Seahawks, the defense has always been Pete Carroll's defense. It's his installation. It's his scheme. All the things we're doing are things that are part of his bag of tricks. 
you know, we've played quarters in the past. In the past, I just seem to remember <laughs> complaining we... about Pete Vent defense. Can I can I talk about how much I hate quarters for just like five seconds? By all means. <laughs> okay, quarters defense is the perfect defense if you want. And I've said this in the Discord a bunch. I've railed against quarters defense. If you want to give up like a bunch of you know eight yard plays, it's perfect. I don't want to give up a bunch of eight yard plays. And when the when the team, you'll notice a lot of times when we play quarters, the team will drive straight down the field on us. And then once the field condenses, they have a really hard time moving the ball because lo and behold, we have great athletes on this defense. And oh, they can stop people when the field is sh- is short and they're not running straight back into their stupid quarters defense. You know, so uh, yeah, that's uh, that's it. That's my mini rant about quarters. Ryan Neal looked good, other than making him play quarters. Uh, hey, let me ask yeah. you this about Ken Norton Jr. though. Uh, we are blitzing more. We are blitzing better. Would you care to give Ken Norton Jr. some props for that? Eh, I still think it's Pete's install. It's all Pete Carroll things. I mean, he's definitely dialing up the quantity of blitz, but I feel like if we still had Gus, if we still had Dan Quinn with this roster, we'd be looking at more a more blitz-heavy attack anyway. I mean, we're just okay. we're hanging out for Dan Quinn. We're just waiting it out. So, do you think that if like Dan Quinn becomes available because of uh, you know, um, Atlanta sucking? Sure, yeah, Atlanta, <laughs> Atlanta sucking. That that uh, that we would we would actually do that. I think that we would bring him in as a defensive special assistant because Pete never leaves his coaches out to dry. And then during the off season, there would be a reshuffling. That'd be the most likely scenario if that's going to happen. Okay. So, yeah, like bring him in as defensive QC, like a quality control coach, and then, yep. And then I ask him to, uh, to do, yeah, okay. Um, all right. Any, anything else? There's a specific play, second and one, fourth quarter. Uh, so we're, we're looking at the no huddle play. Ryan Fitzpatrick passed incomplete to Isaiah Ford. This player guy wanted to know what was LJ Collier doing. Um, I mean, I don't know. They'd... I went back and watched the play, and I think he was actually talking about uh, uh, Mayoa because that was the person who I thought got close to the uh, sack. And what it looked like to me was there was a hold, and then he got kind of pushed in the back by the tackle and was just trying not to yeah. run straight into the so pile of defense. I think. I think he's talking about though the way that LJ does come across the line in this play and he gets kind of pushed and off balance and then does like a weird hop. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that that maybe is it. I don't know. Anyway, I just wanted to know, let you know, I addressing this question. I don't really know. Uh, that play was kind of weird. <laughs> just, <laughs> just so you know. Uh, okay. Let's go to the offense. Let's start with the Twitter question. Why did the Seahawks keep using Travis Homer on non special teams plays? And I think <laughs> we can answer this with a, with a, with one of our favorite uh, discord memes which is that Travis Homer's not a not a runner, he's a blocker. So we need to bring him in. He needs to embrace we need to embrace his final form. Travis Homer, Seahawks fullback. What do you guys think? Oh wow. Wow. Uh, a a small fullback, Nathan. Is this just your way of getting a certain fullback off of the roster? I'm just saying if we're going to have a fullback on the roster, maybe make him also uh, able to do some other things like catch a pass, play plus plus special teams. Although I'm sure the team would argue that Nick Ballor is a great special teamer. <laughs> uh, you know, maybe he's just his ultimate form is Trey Madden. That could be, I'm, I'm, I'm right. Travis Homer, Travis Homer hit the ice cream 
start bulking up, baby. Travis Homer fullback campaign starts now. He would look like Doug Martin if he bulked up. Oh hell yeah, muscle oh, hamster maybe he dude. Would I'd be okay with that? Muscle, honestly, it's I, is muscle hamster the greatest sports nickname <laughs> for a, for a player of all time? It's pretty high it's up there. Definitely in the last ten years. Yes, it's it's pretty grand. Considering uh, must considering Mighty Mouse was on the table and they just went zoomed straight past it. Good move. That's been used a million times. Went straight to muscle hamster. A plus. All right, let's talk about the the uh, the good old offense though. We just did Travis Homer to kick us off, but the, this offense, wow. Um, I'm saying Ch- NFC Chiefs. I've been saying it since the preseason, and I think that they are really um, they're crushing it. One thing that they that they're doing that's really weird is they're rotating offensive linemen. Uh, um, can we not do that with the right side of our line? That Jones Ogby uh, uh, combo on the right dude, side of the line was not good. Uh, I okay. The Jones part was Ugbui though. Like, dude, he might he laid one run block that I was like, oh, this guy can. Man, let's make him a fullback because he did not yes. pass blocking. Cedric Ugbui run b- fullback. Yes, this is. Oh my gosh, Kevin, you are speaking my love language right now. <laughs> this is great. Okay, because to be honest with you, like, yes, I don't really understand the the, the value of that because there's a offensive line is a lot about communication. Okay, these guys need to feel comfortable playing together. They need to talk to each other. And then they 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 bring in this like right side swap thing to get like Lewis and Shell some rest. I don't really know what was going on because Lewis and Shell played 50 snaps all together. Okay. Yep. And they so they they did some kind of like Jamarco Jones, Cedric Ugbui. Uh and then they they went been their, doing Simmons swap. Mi- they mixed in some Simmons in there. Yeah, and Eopati sat a little bit. And it's like, uh, I don't know exactly what the value in that is uh oh, i've got a good idea what we're running tempo and uh guys are getting tired is old and the other guys are getting tired and so they have you know they're they're throwing on a set of spare tires to do a couple of laps <laughs> before they uh before they pop the racers back on there and then get it back up to full speed because to be honest the starting offensive line i thought played quite excellent in this game no one gave up more than one individual pressure uh they they, I thought they all looked re- really good. EU Potty made a block because I watch EU Potty like a hawk now to try to like uh, to measure all the heat I put on because because <laughs> Kevin 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 I think if he had a gun and Hitler and uh, who's someone else that Kevin really hates? Uh, <laughs> we go here. Hitler. And, we go like somewhere uh, in between the two. Troy Aikman, Troy Aikman oh, and uh, and Mikey Upati went in a room and he had a gun with two bullets. He'd probably shoot Mikey Upati twice. Uh, that's how much Kevin. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Kevin didn't hit him that much. But I watch Upati really close now because I like want to see like how he's doing. And he made one play where he he team blocked his guy and then came back and and kind of saved Brown on a block. And I was like, dang, that's a that's a hell of a play. And you're right, he is a he's a little beat, but like. He can still do some stuff that makes me think like, yeah, if this guy can stay healthy, he's a useful NFL player. Like he's he's a he's not just a like a not just a fill in, but like someone that if this is offensive line, especially pass blocking has kind of been a strength of this team this year. And that's Eopati's weakness. He's always going to be like an average pass blocker. But on the whole, this pass blocking squad looked really good this week, and Eupati was part of it. And I, I thought he did a couple really nice plays. He wasn't as good as the other guys. Dwayne Brown is amazing. Damian Lewis looked excellent. Postage uh, looked Postage, like all everything. Postage is a beast. Brandon Shell looks really good. No penalties, no pressures allowed. Just a great like these guys pass block really well. It's um it's very exciting 
to have an offensive line that is not just a clear weakness and uh and the, all the, everyone is bringing it other than like kevin said when they brought in the subs uh yeah bench players bench players for a reason yeah that was not as good i don't do less of that get in better shape boys so you can stay on i like the, the idea of the rotation though and i like that you know we have some old guys on the offensive line and freak injuries happen to young people like we got to get these guys in we got to get them ready to gel um it's kind of painful at times to watch, but I, you know, I sure would hate to see Shell go down and us have to put in a Fetty 2.0. You know, I think kind of part of it was that was weird. I think it was partially because we kind of did hurry up and then we got the ball back. So then we were doing hurry up again. And I think that's why they might've done it is just to make sure that, you know, they just didn't have a gassed right side of the line. But yeah, I think that COVID conditioning is problematic right now. I would hope not to see that next year. Yeah, they, they, or I mean, even at the end of this year, right? You're hoping yeah. that they can, they can like continue to get in, uh, in better shape. Russ didn't maintain his first and everything from last week. He did have a, a little bit less in the counting stats, which allowed other people to catch up, got passed by Aaron Jackson, our Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson in the, uh, pressure and kept clean stats still top five in both though and was amazing when not pressured in this game 20 for 24 20 for 24 two touchdowns 141 nfl rating he he had his first sack this year that or his first pick this year that i believe was actually his fault um you know the other one obviously not his fault uh through the pick or uh he was leaning back and uh you needed to like throw that ball about a thousand times harder than he did if he I had like any hope of completion. Though. It was he like said, a what DK he, he, he was trying to make like an impossible throw, basically. After the game, DK's like, "That's on me. I should have came back to the ball better." And I respect the hell out of him for saying that because yeah. Russ isn't going to throw him under the bus, and DK threw himself under the bus for what was really Russ's mistake. Like you said, <laughs> yeah. that was that was that was a back foot like falling away. Carry Collins throw, and DK's like, no. I got out muscled for something and that doesn't happen. I should have just exploded through his chest like an alien and <laughs> caught the ball. And you know what? Good on you, DK. I'm down. Like be as hard on yourself as you want because, uh, you know, got, got hold yourself responsible for everything. Even things that aren't your fault. Can we talk though Good about God. how locked in Russ is. I mean, this guy, yeah, this dude I mean, is just locked in. I mean, if he if he can like get his feet a little set a little better on that play, that's a touchdown. Because he, yep. he can't he can zip it in there like that. He just was a little off balance, I think, in it through the through the playoff. But I want to talk about the end of the game. Like we had a situation where Tyler Lockett, master of hands, drops a ball. And you're like, oh how many drops does Tyler Lockett have this season? Uh, how many that's two two more than more than he should? He has three. He has three yeah. already. Uh, yep. But which would his season high in his career is four. He has three through four games. Let Russ Cook has turned also turned Tyler into a. He's he's like it's too much. I can't handle all the hot. throwing. The ball is too hot. <laughs> but so what does what does Russ do on that last scoring drive? He's got a guy a guy open a, a, a running back on the post route right up the middle. He's got a guy trending to the right for an eight yard gain. He waits for Lockett to come across the left to give him the ball for a six yard gain just to get him going. And then nails him for a clutch pass two plays later. It was so amazing to see. That's what Russ does. That's a cerebral thing, and that's why he's so locked in. And David David Moore, big catch, uh, gotta love that. Uh, DK Metcalf three break three broken tackles in this game, 106 yards, really great game. Almost like we said, almost had another touchdown. Just Dude, that you know. screen, 
That He's, was just good beautiful. Luck, good Let's luck talk about him. sequence real quick. Because uh so it's uh fourth quarter. Um it's 17-15 after yet another field goal with seven minutes left in the fourth. By four minutes, it's 24-15 with the Mayo pressure and the Shaq interception. And after the Shaquille interception, the first play was that screen to DK on the outside. Simple little bubble screen, and he just goes. The speed, the acceleration, the power, that was that was like an all-everything play. It's It's one of those plays that, we haven't had an offense that gets that much on that little ever. Mm -hmm. And it's because they have to play off of our receivers. They have to respect that the ball could go anywhere. You can't just solo up on one guy. Like the way that that play worked is kind of a testament to how powerful our offense is right now. I like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was good. Good in the past game. Rushing game looked decent. 16 attempts for Carson, 80 yards. Got three broken tackles, had the fumble. Uh, I'm tired of Chris Carson fumbling, but maybe that becomes an issue where we get to keep him because he can't get the gigantic, gigantic contract because everyone knows he has the fumbles. Uh, so that would be something I I don't know. I, I don't want to – I know paying a running back it will be a controversial uh, saying, but I wouldn't mind keeping Chris Carson on the right deal for sure. If it's like that Melvin Gordon the third contract that got signed with the Broncos, something in that yeah. range I think would be perfect. Uh, Do our inside runs were on point. We averaged four or more yards per carry on runs uh, on the gap on the left guard, the middle left, the middle right, and the right guard. That's Posich doing work. That's Lewis doing work. And that's Ayapati doing work and yeah. getting to the second level and just murdering linebackers. Yeah, those left side runs, 10 runs combined for 55 yards, five and a half yards of carry over the left side. That's just Real, real nice, real nice. And we didn't need Russ to do a bunch of running, which is which is always good. You know, we didn't have to do we didn't do much uh, scrambling or anything. You know, the Seahawks are in desperation mode when Russ has got like 75 rushing yards in the game, because that means he had to, you know, do a 25 yard run at the end of the game to to cap off a comeback. Right. Yep. Like that's that's how, you know, they were not desperate in this game. DJ Dallas. Okay, can I talk about DJ? Yes, Dallas? Yes, please do. By all D- means, DJ Dallas already out there avoiding tackles. Uh, already getting yards into contact. He didn't have much burn, you know, only played a couple snaps, but I would love, 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 love to see a guy that get three broken tackles already on only four touches to get more, to get more chances. Okay. Love the talent. Think that, think that really they might've found something in DJ Dallas. And I'm excited to see him get more of an opportunity in this offense. How about that? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. three three broken tackles on four touches. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's DK Metcalf stuff. I think he kind of looks. <laughs> it. He looks like uh, our our dearly departed uh, running back who's on uh, IR. That Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny. Yeah, but uh, uh, a person that we loved very much because we were waiting for a time when our our beloved Rashad Penny would uh, blossom into something big, and all of a sudden he came out of nowhere, started really kicking ass, and then of course got hurt. And I feel like, I don't know, it, Dallas is, he's shown up a little, a little earlier. Am I wrong about that? No. And we gave, we're giving Homer a hard time, but congratulations to him. First career touchdown. That's pretty cool. You yeah. know, that's, that's a, something that he'll always have that I won't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Overall thoughts. We're at the quarter pole of the season. Okay. Take the temperature of the team. 
What do you, what do you, how are you guys feeling about the Seattle Seahawks sixth in DVOA, number three overall DVOA offense, number 21 defense, number three special teams? How do you feel about the Seahawks right now, Eric? What do you, what do you think? Really 21 in defense, huh? Shocking. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I break it down the, like this. We are four and we have, uh, 12 games left. Six of those games are against division leaders. Uh, we have four games left that are the Jets, the Giants, the uh, the Vikings. There's two more that I think are surefire wins, like lock them up before we get to the division. That puts us in a great, and if we split our division, we are on pace for 12 and 4. 12 and 4 is very good. Knowing how well we're playing, we can be better than 12 and 4. I feel like we have the opportunity to get the number one seed, but if we wind up with the two or three, I don't think it's going to matter because one, how we're playing. Russ is throwing the ball more. Russ, like I said, is locked in. Our offensive play calling is off the chain. I think this is something that will take us far in the playoffs no matter what the seed is. Number two and final is, (laughs) it's really sad, COVID-19 is making the home field advantage and the road woes, something that is not happening this year. The travel is still an issue, but the opposing crowd noise is not a thing. It's working against us at home, but I think it's actually kind of helping us on the road. Uh, just kind of having the same, the same experience everywhere a team goes. And I think it's helping Russ. I think it's helping this team. Uh, I'm feeling very high on the Seahawks team. Yeah. And the thing about the, Home field advantage already felt like it was dying, right? That's a possibility. But but uh, but now it's like it's true. Well, and now really it's dead, right? Like the thing is, and yeah. So Kevin, what's your temperature? Taking your temperature, how do you feel about where the Seahawks are at right now this this season? Yeah, kind of speaking to what Eric said, I, when you look at what we have in front of us, I think four and was like the absolute. I mean, obviously the best case scenario because, you know, we won all the games, but in all seriousness, uh, the Falcons have a really good offense. The Patriots have a really good coach and Dallas was supposed to be a contender. I think not a lot of people saw us walking out of each of those games with a win. I think there's a really good chance that we lost one of them. And now all of a sudden there's a really decent chance we go into the bye five and oh, and then you look at, a Rams team that's really relying on a run game without having a good blocking line. You look at a Cardinals team that's kind of shaky. You look at a 49ers, half a team that is still healthy enough to play. And then we got games against two New York teams, the Eagles and Washington. Like there's a lot of wins left on that slate. There's a lot of games that look very winnable. And I think while our offense has been clicking pretty well, I don't think anyone would say that our defense has been playing to its potential. So if we get Dunbar back, we get Adams back. I think there's a lot of reason to believe that we have something a lot closer to a top 10 defense than the bottom 10 defense we've been playing like. And I feel really good. I feel like we're trending in the right direction. I feel like our offense is a, is unstoppable and this is one of the squads I feel better about than I would say any since, you know, the LOB era. Mm-hmm. So, all right, we've got, um, for me, 
personally, I think the defense has been dinged up to uh, one of our, our most important player. Probably Jamal Adams is missing. He's not playing. We have other uh, Quentin Dunbar, our new acquisition in, at cornerback has been not playing. Uh, and as those guys work back, I do think the defense will start, will start to improve. And when you see those improvements in the back end, I think where we found a nice defensive line rotation that while it's not creating sacks at the rate, I, I would like it is starting to create some pressures. Demontre Moore had four pressures in this game. Benson Miller had five. So it's just a really, it was just a really good turn of events for, for this team uh, because they're, they're just starting to look so they're starting to look like a, like a real defense, you know, and it's like, I think the, I think the defense is turning the corner a little bit and as they get healthy, it'll look really good. The offense is obviously incredible. It's the best offense I think we've ever seen in the Seahawks in years and years. I don't know if I have ever, it might be the best one we've ever fielded. So pretty excited about the team in general. All right. Predictions. Uh, I like Seahawks to beat the Vikings. Oh wait, no, we got to talk about the Vikings. Okay. Two stats. Cause I want to go quick. Cause we're running out of time. We're going to go into overtime. Uh, one, in neutral situations, the Vikings run more than any other team in the league. This is the Seahawks' strength defending the run. So, gotta love, gotta love that. The second thing, um, Kirk Cousins in primetime is cursed. Even though he seems to play good, his team always loses. So uh, that that helps us as well. Uh, also, the Viking secondary has like a billion. Their whole team they have key injuries everywhere. Like they have one key injury in every position group, and it's like really killing them. They also kind of stink, and so like when you're injured, and the players that are injured aren't that good. Like well, the players that are injured, the players that are injured are good. Like they're they're missing uh, Lyndon Stevens and Kendrick Barr. They they have players that are that I would not want to play against. Right, but also like their corners aren't that great, and also kind of dinged. Yes, that's more what I was thinking. I don't think. Okay, one thing is Minnesota always seems to be able to get like league average cornerback play out of guys that I don't expect them to be able to. So I don't know why this year is any different. Like, I feel like by the end of the year, like Dantzler and Gladney will be like in Holton Hill. They'll be like, fine. Do you know what I mean? And I'll by be the like end of the year. Yeah, but it's week five. Right. And that helps us. Yeah, that does help us for sure. Yeah, I think this is one of those interesting things where it's our strengths against their strengths and then our strengths against their weaknesses. It's a good matchup for us. We have what the number six run defense against the number four run offense. So, you know, we can stop the thing that they're predicated on. Their passing offense hasn't been very good. Our passing defense hasn't been great. Are they going to really be able to take advantage of it? When you flip that around, like, they have a pretty decent pass defense, but not as good as our passing offense. They, they, they needed Yannick Ngakwe to come in and be a star, and he's been fine. And we're, been hurt. That's bad. We're, we're the defense this year that, like, Creates a couple turnovers, uh, bends, but doesn't totally break. Like right now, that's what we are. And I think we can be better than that. But like right now, if we just create two turnovers a game, we're going to win a lot because that's just t- too much for other teams to overcome. Yeah, and yep. we've been winning that turnover battle. It's uh, okay. should be a, should be a slam dunk. Yeah, but vi- like I said, the Vikings run in neutral situations more than anyone else. They want Dalvin to cook. And uh, that's not as good as Russ cooking. We know this because Seahawks Twitter has been complaining about running versus passing for years. So I'm sure you guys have read novels on why re- passing is better than running. I'm not going to belabor that point. It's point. It's stupid at this point. Okay. The other thing is I think the interior of our defensive line can dominate the interior of their offensive line. Their guards are not very good. Uh, Jaron Reed's going to have a day. I agree, Kevin. Okay. Uh, let's go ahead and get to picks. Um, I like Seahawks 38 to 21. 24, 24. Let's go 24. 
right, Eric. Uh, Seahawks 34, Vikings 26. Can I say something about picks this year? It's really fun to when I say the Seahawks number to say like a really big number and then like actually have a chance of it happening. Yes. Right. <laughs> One, going know, over 30 has right. to do it. has to be it. Oh, going over 30 feels so good. Uh, I, I have 38, 28 Seahawks. All right. We're, we're close. Okay. So uh, there money's on and There are many ways to support the Seahawks Nest podcast there. The best way to do so head over to patreon.com slash Seahawks Nest. Join 50 of your favorite friends on our discord and uh, be like Dean, Jonathan, Banked, and Nathan, our new o- October Patreons all joined in the last week. Nice job, boys. See you in the discord. I uh, hope you're enjoying the picks podcast where I do a really bad impression of Chris Berman. Thanks to our longtime Patreons, Lucas, Timothy, Ryan, Cooper, James, Brett, Carrie, Tom, Michael, Brandon, Nick, Foles, Emmanuel, Jay, Warwolf, Bob, Richard, Karen, Mike, Flocktimus, Keith, and Michelle. That's our. That's everyone who's been with us for a long time, giving us the uh, the money to keep us going, keep us motivated, keep me hungry. Um, I'm like Damon Harrison, you know. I'm 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 ready to sign the contract. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> so excited about snacks. It's crazy. Okay, I uh, hope we get him. So yeah, today, I want all the disgruntled Detroit players. Today we're gonna. So we're starting October. We're kicking October off with a with a bang. We're kicking October off. This is a Halloween month, and we are going to do um, – we always do one candy-related thing. I think we did a candy eliminator last year. That's this, this year, we're going to do a candy draft. Everyone is going to – we're going to do a snake draft where everyone drafts candies. Um, we're going to say everyone gets six candies because you got to do an even number in a snake draft, right? Uh, six candies, uh, and whoever has the best lineup according to the Discord will be the candy champion. I don't know what that means, but I'm sure it's great. All right. Kevin, you, I went on random.org. I put our names in. You received the first pick in the candy draft. Um, I'll share the spreadsheet with everyone on the Discord in a little bit. Uh, Kevin, what are you thinking for your first overall pick in the candy draft? Oh, man, I feel mandated. I have to pick Reese's Reese's Cups. Reese's Cups, I think, is a uh, uh, tr- it's safe. Try to nail them on the technicality of Reese's Pieces. It's a... Uh, yeah, you, I, if you just said Reese's, I would have gave you pieces and said you had to live with it. So um, I'm also claiming this, or I guess should I do I have to specifically claim the seasonal Reese's cup that no, is shaped no, like the pumpkin? No. Okay, nope. You get you get all Reese's cups. Uh, remember, the, we were doing candies that you get at Halloween. So this is things that you could get in like a trick or treat bucket. Um, this is not like like don't go way off grid and pick like Ghirardelli's yeah, salted no caramel. Yeah, this is that's not what this is. This is best can- best Halloween candies, right? This is best candies you get in the candy bucket. Um, all right, Eric, second pick. What are you gonna take? Going with the classic, man. They're good for snacking. They're good to just open up at any time. I wish I had some in the house now. Peanut M and M's. Oh, thank God! I, I thought you were gonna take my pick, and I was like, dang, he's gonna do it. Peanut M and M's, I think, is a solid choice. A uh, one you don't see too often. I feel like you see less. Uh, M&M's in general, and I think that's a shame. I think M&M's have kind of taken the back seat, and they don't deserve that that shabby treatment. All right, I got two in a row here. I'm going to take, of course, Kit Kat, the crunchy classic that I cannot get enough of. I love Kit Kats. Uh, they're so good. Um, and I, what my favorite thing about Kit Kats is um, when you eat them, don't break them. Just bite into it and then stare at everyone in the room while you're doing it because they will think you are a psychopath, and it's so great. <laughs> that's uh, a serial killer move. I, I highly recommend um people do that now the next hmm, the next one is tough this is i'm in a spot here where there's like four things i want and i and i know not all of these 
are going to get back to me, you know? So like, I gotta, I gotta be a little bit tactical. And you're in a conundrum because you just picked, you picked a certain type. The thing is, okay, here's, here's, I'm just going to, I'm just going to love with you guys. I kind of want to pick Twix, but to be honest with you, I don't really like Twix that much. I think they're it. I know that they're a popular Halloween candy and I would be, if I'm taking them, that's totally pandering and I'm not going to do it. I have principles. I have standards. I'm picking Sour Patch Kids. I like Sour Patch Kids. They're good. Um, they're sour, they're fruity, they're delicious. Uh, I like Sour Patch Kids. Eric, what's your second pick? Some gummy variety on there is pretty good. There's quite a few choices that are good. There's not, there's not a lot of great fruit candies, in my opinion. There's a lot of okay ones. Sour Patch Kids is one of the few great ones. Pushes it up to the top for me. Yeah, Eric, Nathan, what's your Nathan going candy bar and then candy. Uh, I started with candy. Uh, Seahawks chose Russell Wilson in the third round. They knew they'd get their guy then. Uh, I am picking my absolute favorite uh, second round because I knew it would be there and I'm not pandering because it's the best candy bar out there. Twix right there. Thank you, Nathan. Oh, Twix is not the best candy How dare bar. You. Eric, get out of here. That car, that caramel is like old. It doesn't matter. You have the crispy, <laughs> crunchy cookie, the just I little love- bit of chocolate. You just scrape that, that caramel off. You eat a little bit and then you eat the cookie. Oh, that's where it's I like. At. Obviously like crispy, crunchy because I took the Kit Kats, but I just can't get behind Twix. All right, Kevin. Two in a row. What do you got? All right, man. So you guys picked some really good ones. I was really hoping Twix would hang in there for me because that's a personal favorite as well. But I mean, I couldn't pass on the Reese's. So I'm going to go with, um, yeah, I'm going to go with a classic. Uh, the only problem with it is how stuck in it's in your teeth it gets because the Butterfinger. I almost picked Butterfinger. I think that's a great pick. Go. Is, a, is, is, is always, and you're always happy to see it. And you know what? The, the candy bag fun size Butterfinger is the best size of Butterfinger. Yeah, Kevin, I think the bar is it's it's egregious. It's a little too long. I would definitely rather have six of the <laughs> yes, mini ones yes. than one bar. Just saying. Get that chocolate on there. All right. So then uh two in a row. Man, yo, there's there's a few that are pretty tempting. Um I'm looking at uh I'm looking at Snickers. I'm looking at uh yo, know, I like a good baby Ruth bar because it's got the peanuts on there. Um I'm giving Starburst consideration, except you just always end up with two of the same flavor. And it's not one you want. You're like, oh, man, I got two oranges again. And so I'm going to go with uh, a little a little off the rails, but similar to Nathan's pick. I'm going with Sour Skittles. Okay. the green, In the green bag? In the green bag. I, I think Skittles are a great fruity candy. And I agree. A little something sour, a little something different. Not everything needs to be chocolate, just most things. All right, Eric. In any draft, you pick the best available. Uh, we already have Twix on the board, but it, it's just staring me at the face. And I know Kevin doesn't like this candy. It's why I didn't pander. Uh, I'm going Snickers right here. It's uh, delicious. I thought you were delicious... about to pick Milky Way, and I was like, Ugh, gross. Gross. <laughs> why pick Snickers without the peanuts? No, it's big. Uh, Snickers big. is where it's at. It's a lot firmer than Milky Way. It's not gross like Three Musketeers. You have the peanuts in there. It's uh, it satisfies you supposedly. I've never had that happen. I always want just more Snickers. There you go. Snickers. I think the thing that uh, Kevin could have done though is he could have the all kids who can't kids who have peanut allergies can't eat this list. <laughs> uh, if he would have picked Snickers, which would have been choice. so funny to I'm me. In the running. All right, um, here we go. I'm gonna. Uh, I got back to back. Um, of course, I got to take hundred grand here. I don't know how it's still available, but oh, still uh, but thank you, uh, both of you, for giving me hundred grand. That's uh, the tip top caramel bar. It, that, it right, does, that right next to Twix. 
it does work. Uh, I like it better than Twix. I think it's like the better version of Twix. And then I'm gonna um, I'm gonna go a little bit uh, off off grid here. I think that maybe people are gonna you're gonna trash on this pick. They're probably gonna be like Nathan, what are you doing? You've lost your mind. Uh, but I'm gonna go with Haribo Gold Bears. Oh. Because uh, uh, I really like Haribo Gold Bears. Di- I think he likes diarrhea. I think they're good, and uh, I just, I just only sugar-free ones. Not, the, not the sugar-free ones. <laughs> uh, and I, I also have a back pocket pick right here. I have a last pick that's gonna that's gonna blow your guys' minds. So uh, I'm I'm gonna save that one for later. I got the Haribo Gold Bears. I like the gummy bears. Go ahead, Eric. Um, I, I think it's time that I go with a candy, not a chocolatey treat. Uh, I it's just hanging out here, and it was hinted at already. I'm gonna go with Starburst. I will never buy Starburst uh, if, well, if working in an office back when I went to used to go into the office, I'd be like, ah, Starburst, who wants that? 1030 rolls around. I got like three Starburst in my mouth. And I just want to make something clear here, too. We're not skipping M&Ms and peanut butter M&Ms. We're not skipping regular Skittles. But once the sour Skittles got picked, regular Skittles, they're out of I here. Agree. Okay, that once peanut M&Ms got picked, you can't pick a different kind of M&Ms. The, yeah. Kevin took Reese's Cups. All Reese's Cups were gone. We can't take like the alternative Reese's Cups. And so if people are like freaking out, like, why isn't someone picking peanut butter M&Ms? That's literally my favorite candy, but I couldn't take it. Eric took the peanut M&Ms and took that off the table yeah, for close. me. So, so uh, yeah, nice pick on Starburst, Eric. I think Starburst are, are uh, um, weird. Yeah, it's, I, think <laughs> I don't it's know. a great Halloween treat because it's it's something tangy, something you want, but I don't covet it. All right, Kevin. All right, I'm going to go for a little bit of a weird pick here, and you got to let me know if you'll allow this or not. But I'm thinking the Hershey's Miniature. Oh, just the Hershey's. Variety Hershey's. Bar. Hershey's. Sure, I'll give you a Hershey's. Oh, just the bar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, you want the Hershey's bar? Which which one do you want? Do you want the Hershey's bar? They're all different. So you could take the Mr. Good bar, the cookie, the cookies and cream, the Oh, the, dude, I think I have the to crunch. take the crunch. I think I have to take the crackle. Yeah. Big crackle. Ball. Okay. So yeah, Kevin, the, Kevin the, takes crackle. Rice is great. <laughs> which I'm going to say that means you can't pick a crunch bar now, but you could still pick Mr. Good bar. You could still pick no cookies and cream. No one's taking Mr. Good bar. Get out of here. Dude, Mr. Good bars are great. Mr. Good bar? It's yeah, trash on Mr. Yeah, it's, like that. It's dude, it it's says great. good right in the name. What's wrong with you, Eric? It needed to put good there, so people are like, "Oh, I should have this," and then they're like, "Oh, it's just chocolate and peanuts." Have some candy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was a shockingly good reference out of nowhere. I, I couldn't well done. Um, okay. Okay, it's my pick again. Yeah, you're up. You got two in a row. All right. And then I have one left after that, right? And if you pick candy corn, I'm going to stop the podcast immediately. And uh, uh, I, I thought we were picking delicious treats, not nasty yeah. garbage. Okay, go All ahead. right. Uh, fuck your peanut allergies. I pick payday. Payday. Payday bars are great. Not not a fan. Kevin dropping the F-bomb, putting us in the, uh, the, bad, the bad category, bad language category. Kevin, come on. Uh, okay, go ahead, Eric. Uh, I'm going to pick one of my personal favorites. I realize that I might be risking my 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 chance at number one here but man i just yeah, i just love them i'm going blow pops man all right blow pops i, like blow pop. I, w- I would love to have a blow pop they're a summertime treat they're you having- so you like so blow pops tootsie roll pops caramel apple pops which one do you like the best depends on what i'm in the mood for honestly in october it's a caramel apple pops um so would you rather have caramel apple pops on your no, list I'm taking, that's a I'm taking i'm taking blow pops for sure all right i'm okay. all about those tootsie pops yeah it's it's right. it's like a three-way battle I'm in a tough spot, Kevin. What What do you like better? You like oh, Payday better than spot. Baby 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 Ruth? I do, uh, but I think Baby Ruth's are really good. That's one. I mean, I, I don't think it's coming back around to me, but I would pick that one. But the thing about a Payday bar is, 
um, you almost don't feel guilty when you have it because you're like, it's just peanuts, you know? This is tough. I'm in a I'm in a spot where I've got my my secret, my back pocket one, but but now it's like everything left is like so close together, right? It's like everything's bunched up. I'll tell you some things I'm not picking. How about that? Twizzlers. Gross. Yeah. I don't like Twizzlers. Uh nerds. Every flavor of nerds tastes the same. You cannot convince me otherwise. Okay? It's all bad. Cavity flavored. <laughs> It's not my not my favorite. Okay, candy, 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 candy corn gone. Uh, that those what what is those ones? Milk duds, disgusting. <laughs> Do not like. I will never eat a milk. You don't dud. like milk duds, huh? That caramel tastes like it's a thousand years old. No, that's beside the point. It is. It tastes. It is a thousand years old. Correct. Yeah. I'm right about that. Yes. All right. I'm taking Mr. Goodbar. Got to get the Mr. Good Bar. I think the Mr. Good Bar is a super solid uh, representation from the uh, Hershey's Chocolate Company. And then I'm going to take my secret one, which is the those fruit-flavored Tootsie Rolls. Damn. Uh, oh, wow. Good, good call. Oh, they're so good. They're so good. The I know. lemon. Yeah, the lemon, the the lime, and the orange yes. ones. and the, They're just so good. Guys, my office was sleeping on those last Halloween, and I just kept going back to the kitchen. And I, <laughs> I, I grabbed like three, and then I put them on my desk drawer. And yeah, it was everyone just like, "Oh, who's eating those? I don't like them." I was just like, "Quiet." You're, you're like, "You don't like them? What's well, wrong with quiet. you? Do you I, taste buds?" I just come back and go to the bathroom and come out and grab a few. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Eric, give me your last pick. Uh, my last one is uh, maybe another, uh, you know, a little controversial here because um, we all we all hate Twizzlers on this podcast. But Twizzlers are gross. But you know what? Yeah. You know what's fine uh, around around Halloween? Some red vines. And I'm sticking red vines uh, in here. Yuck. Also bad. Also bad. Better than better than Twizzlers. They're completely different, but I think licorice is a is a okay. is a fine treat. If I I wanted to bring up a couple fruit candies that and since you brought red vines, what about airheads, Eric? What do you think about airheads? I've never been an airhead fan. Don't like is that a fruit fan? candy or is that just straight sugar? It's candy? a straight sugar what candy. In the I like it though. in the color of fruit, so it makes you think it's a fruit candy. What about, what about dots, Eric? Just kidding. Dots Whoa. are garbage. Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, what's your last pick here? All right, man. You guys left it for me. I'm taking that baby Ruth bar. Okay. Baby Ruth. Okay. Get some. Get some nuts. Get some uh, nougaty goodness. And uh, isn't it just a payday that's covered? In, isn't it just like a payday that's covered in chocolate? Like, pretty much, except it's better than a chocolate payday because chocolate payday, the chocolate is kind of garbagey. Um, what they really need to come out with though is a variety pack payday where it's like 50-50 chocolate paydays and regular paydays because I don't always want a chocolate payday. Okay. And I'm top, the only one like king size too. Top undrafted in my opinion, Junior Mints. Uh, I think that's the best thing we didn't draft. They had a good shot. Uh, junior mints was junior mints are really good. I just don't think of it as a Halloween candy. I don't like, I junior like mints. even though it comes in variety packs. Junior mints got to put them in the freezer. They're not good in the in the like if you just eat them. Like, oh, I've never had them like that. Maybe that's the secret because I don't I don't like it. Swedish fish is also really good. Swedish fish are drafted. That's true. So I uh, I feel like I shot that shot with Skittles. Yeah. Uh, Laffy taffy. I mean, I, I honestly, Swedish Fish, I, I might like them almost as much as Haribo Gold Bears. They're really close to me. Uh, Laffy Taffy's okay. It just takes too long to eat. Uh, also, by the <laughs> way, uh, obviously Gummy Worms not being taken because Gummy Candy was swallowed by that one pick. Yeah, I, try, I tried to like, I mean, Sour Patch Kids and Gold Bears are kind of close together, but I felt like there's a significant enough difference that it was okay. You guys okay with that? Yeah, I'm good with that. It, that that's like kind of Starburst and Skittles. Like they're fairly similar, but like... Yeah. They're different. They're different. Yeah, they're different enough. Um, is there any? Okay. And then last question. 
is there one thing that what's the thing that you would be throwing out if you so when you were a kid or maybe even now if you you know you got your candy bowl what's the thing you're gonna throw in the trash what's the thing that you're not even gonna eat you're not even thinking about eating it uh eric start us off i know you probably have a good one right on the top uh, i was gonna say uh twizzlers are big there because twizzlers are super gross uh, I've never been a fan of Junior Mints. I know you guys like them. That's why I couldn't pick them because it's just not true to who I am. Uh, uh, you know, it's probably going to be uh, Smarties. Smarties are gross. Smarties are everywhere too. And as a kid, I would have like, oh, cool. And I grab two and then I'd be like, why am I eating these? I don't like them. Yeah. Mine is good and, good and plenty, but that's like an obvious one. Like they're black licorice and they're disgusting. So if I have to pick something that's like, not obvious like i don't like almond joy or mounds and i don't really know why because i don't like mine coconut but i just think they're not very good so there you i go. will gladly take all your almond joy and mounds yeah. um so uh there's two that i'm gonna say and one of them's uh just a really obvious one and that is i don't really care for uh scraping out candles and eating it so candy corn can just go die in a barrel yeah, candy corn's disgusting. It's, but we, it's, it's disgusting. I don't think I've ever got that trick-or-treating, though. Uh, they have little packs of it, and if oh. you hand those out, then uh, you next time, just be the guy who hands out the apple or, like, the toothbrush kit, because at least those are, like, more appealing than candy corn. You suck. Um, and then uh, the one that people actually like, just because I can't help another chance to dunk on it, is Twizzlers, because they're the worst. Uh, what and about if you Cad- like them, I apologize for all of your life choices. And did you guys see that there's Cadbury Scream eggs now? Yeah, they uh, that's <laughs> nope, that thing. Don't know what you're talking about. That's super funny to me. All right, for Kevin, for Eric, we will see you guys next week. Go Hawks.